Welcome back to IO's Pod. Uh, we are back after our last episode when I had good friend Haloic Oasis on and we talked about the league and it was a good old time and probably one of my most uh, listened to podcasts just because of the banter and the things that he brought to the table. It was a lot of fun bringing him on. Hopefully I'll get him on again, maybe with the other guests. Um, and we can talk a little bit about the you know the league and and some more insights from him. So with this episode, we're going to kind of get back to the brass tacks a little bit of the ISFL and DSFL. Um, just kind of talk about the league. We're about midway through the season, <clears throat> and uh, you know we got quite a fun season so far. So and you know this season I'm I'm with the the Dallas Bird Dogs and the DSFL, so that's where my primary attention is. But I'm also watching the ISFL because uh, the Austin Copper has drafted me in this last draft, and uh, I would probably guess if things keep kind of going the way they're going that I'll be called up next season. And so I have a vested, you know, just watching this season because they have a, they're doing a really, really good job this season up there in the ISFL. So this is going to be just kind of more or less talking about it. Uh, if you want to check out my Dallas Bird Doll recap shows, I have two episodes out for this season. Um, where I recap the Dallas Bird Dogs games each week and talk about some of the big players and big plays and re, you know just kind of reshow the, the the streams in the Dallas Bird Dogs. So check that out over in the media section under graphics, the Dallas Bird Dog recap show for season 30. Um, I've had a few people ask, uh, yeah, if I do get called up, the Bird Dog show will... Um, uh, more than likely turn into the Austin show where I'll probably do the same thing up in Austin, recapping Austin and the ISFL teams. It'll probably just go where I go. Uh, so it's hosted by IO Torrent, um, the same as the player. And, uh, you know, I could, you know, I could do two. It is a lot of work to get those done. It takes me quite a while to get an episode up and going. Um, so more than likely it'll become, an ISFL show, and we'll be recapping Copperhead games. Or uh, so we'll, we'll see. We'll definitely get there. We still got the rest of the season. So let's go ahead and pull up the DSFL um, index right quick and kind of go over the standings. So Dallas uh, is now tied up in the first place in the South with Tijuana after uh, when having a th going on a three-game win streak. Uh, win streak Prior to the last stream, they were in third place at three and four. Um, they won two games, one against Tijuana, and now up to five and four. Uh, they're still being uh, – I mean, it looks like they're – you know, the team is doing really well. They're uh, number one in the South Division with, with points four, number two overall – uh, of the entire DSFL behind Minnesota, uh, 287 to 293, so not too far behind. And points allowed, uh, the defense has struggled a little bit this year. They're second to last in the South, giving up 276 points per game with Tijuana looking like they have a little bit stronger defense. But I do think that is going to change a little bit as uh, a lot of our young defensive players are, are rookies, um, and they're doing a great job updating each week. And our defense just keeps getting better and better. In the last two games, uh, we only gave up uh, 24 points to Norfolk and then 14 against Tijuana, which is a really good offense. Um, you know, we're averaging around 21 points given up a game, which isn't great. 
Um, but, you know, with our high-powered offense led by Stanzi and the receiving duo of Tostovich and Cliff Burton, whom Tostovich is at 999 yards and 58 receptions, averaging 17.2 yards and six touchdowns, is having an absolute monster year. Cliff Burton not too far behind. I do think if we look at the receiving staff, both those players are going to be uh, up on that. Yep, so uh, Tosevich at 999, Cliff Burton at 926 are third and fourth respectively behind Mason Malone and Squidward Tentacles, whom both have over 1,000 yards so far. Um, but if you look at touchdowns, this is kind of where there's a little bit of separation. So Squidward, Cliff, and Sharpie Jr. are all tied so far this season with 10 reception touchdowns. Cliff, uh, Tostovich is down there with uh, six touchdowns. Um, but Cliff Burton tied for first place with 10 touchdowns. And, and you know, so we, I would definitely say uh, that the Dallas Bird Dogs passing game is just stacked. I mean, between Stanzi, whom I believe is double check the passing, um, Stanzi is leading the league this year at 2,900 yards. Uh, passing and tied for first with 23 or 23 touchdowns uh, has a quarterback rating of 96.4. So, yeah, this team is definitely uh, a passing first team. Um, the def- or, I'm sorry, the running game is starting to really pick up. So, uh, Shawama rookie, um, we just drafted in this last draft, uh, made a position switch to running back. I believe he was an offensive lineman to begin with, switched over to running back. And since since then, is uh, you know, he's, let's see, one, two, three, four, fifth in the league and with 632 yards. Nardello is still there, and he's got 402 yards. So between the two of them, they're running over 1,000 yards. I mean, so it's pretty good. Uh, Joshuama's got uh, four touchdowns. Nardello's got six. Nardello's definitely sort of the uh, goal line back. Chihuahua's kind of, uh, you know, starting to pick up a little bit more carries. I think in the last two games, let's just double check and look. Uh, let's see, on the rushing and yeah, so Chihuahua is starting to get a little bit more carries. He had 16 to Nardello's 10. Um, Chihuahua had 99 yards and averages uh, 6.2 to Nardello's 9, uh, 2.2. Um and so, you know, I think with that addition and that move by the coaching staff, uh, let's look at Tijuana here. Yeah, Chihuahua had 21 attempts, Nardello 16. Chihuahua had 120 yards, averaging 5.7 yards a carry uh, to Nardello's 2.7 on 40, with 43 yards. So, yeah, I think that is going to be a huge difference maker in the offense. Um, it might be a big part of our three-game winning streak as the offense has just really gotten going. Defense is starting to get better. Uh, I really think Dallas has a really good shot again to win the South and go on to the playoffs. Um, and then, you know, who knows what happens. It, it might be another Dallas-Tijuana rematch in the South. Um, looking over on the North side, Minnesota is still dominating. Um, they have the number one uh, offense and I believe a top-tier defense. Uh, Portland and Kansas City are giving up less, um, so the third best um, with their 187 points allowed so far. They're eight and one, uh, two-game win streak currently. They're five and zero in the conference, five and zero in the division. Um, it, it, you know, Minnesota's on pace to to repeat for DSFL champ, and so. They have a really good squad going on over there in the north. Portland's six and two. Um, they're doing great too. So you know, n- you never know um, with one tie. 
with Kansas City. Uh, Portland might, you know, once we get to the playoffs in that north, if it does become a Minnesota-Portland, that could be a really good matchup. Uh, Portland does have uh, the slightly better uh, defense, just looking at stats, and uh, but their offense definitely isn't nearly as high-powered. But um, you never know, once we get in that playoff game, what could happen? I mean, look at Dallas and Tijuana. Uh, Tijuana just absolutely shut down Dallas after having a really strong offensive season last season. So... It'll be really interesting to see the second half here uh, going in. We still got um, quite a bit to play. Still, the you know, let's see here. We got one, two, three, four, five uh, games left in season thirty. So with those five games, you never know what could happen. We could have a whole different uh, picture towards the end of the season going into the playoffs. So, but as of now, it definitely looks like um, with halfway through the season, Tijuana and Dallas are. Uh, doing a pretty good job on pace to repeat uh, to play in the playoffs. And then it looks like Portland and Minnesota on the other side. Kansas City is not too far, and Bondi Beach isn't too far. Um, so could have some some uh, a little bit of a mix-up, but currently that's just kind of how it looks currently. So uh, let's talk a little bit about my player. So um, I uh, my player is Io Torrent, uh, defensive end, second-year DSFL. Um, started off a little bit slow, but, uh, has really, really picked up, uh, his game. He's getting, uh, this last session, he ended up getting three sacks in the two games. So currently, um, he ha he's sitting at for this season, 25 tackles, five tackles for loss, one force fumble, uh, I'm sorry, one fumble recovery, eight sacks. So we compare that to this time or, uh, to last season, um, we had 32 tackles, currently on pace to beat that mark. Uh, probably going to maybe get up into close to the upper 40s is my hope. Um, tackles for loss, uh, eight all of last season, currently have five. So I think, again, that might get close to eight again. I think I'd like to shoot for eight um, and maybe get one or two more this season. And then last season he had five sacks and currently sitting at eight. I I'd like to get double-digit sacks for this season. And, uh, and I, I'm, you know, truth be told, I'm hoping he is in uh, strong contention for the def uh, defensive, uh, defensive end award at the, end of the, at the end of the year. And if we're kind of looking at overall uh, uh, stats, um, Minnesota has a rookie, Morpheus Zyrogos, who currently has 29 tackles, 8 sacks. That um, is... is uh, has a couple more tackles than Torrent at 25 to 29. Uh, Torrent has two more tackles for loss at 5 to 3, and they're tied currently with eight sacks. Torrent does have one for uh, fumble recovery. Neither one have a forced fumble. So I think it's pretty close at the moment. Um, and, you know, let's not discredit a couple other defensive ends. Tijuana has uh, a really good t uh, defensive end at Caleb Watt, second-year guy. Um He's, do, he's having a good season with 21, 21 tackles, three tackles for loss. He does have a forced fumble on his record in, in seven sacks. And then uh, defensive end out of Kansas City, Emma Buckus Fitted, is also having a, a really good season there at defensive end. Um, and he has uh, 16 tackles, so he's a little bit behind on that. Three tackles for loss, seven sacks. So uh, the top four sack leaders – in the league are Cyrogos, Torrent, Watt, and Fitted at 8877. Um, Cyrogos does have the lead on the, ta on the overall tackles. Torrent has the lead on tackles for loss. So it's pretty tight. I definitely think it's pretty darn tight. And that's going to be a good matchup going in. And I, but I'd like to, especially since 
it's looking like this will be my last season uh, in the DSFL. If things kind of keep going the way they are, um, then I think this will be my, my last season. I'd like to leave a little bit of a mark winning uh, uh, some type of hardware defensive end of the year um, to take to the trophy case moving on to the ISFL. But uh, Zyra Ross is having a, van, a fantastic rookie season. I think part of that has to do with being part of a really, really good overall um, defense. Uh, and so, huh, so I was just kind of looking at him. He, uh, in the last season, he was with Bondi Beach, played two games. So he must have been a waiver, a waiver pickup. So that might, that explains a little bit why he's kind of a, a looks like probably a topped out um, or capped out defensive end in his rookie season. He kind of was a late or um, a trade line, trade deadline creation. So it's going to be really good. Um, just kind of looking at some other individual awards. I think Stanzi could be up for quarterback and overall league MVP if he keeps going the way he goes. He, he could get up to 40 touchdowns this year, um, throw for over, you know, f- you know 5,000 yards, um, he does have, he is leading the league in interceptions, but I think a lot of that has to do with just the amount because, uh, if you look at passing attempts, uh, he's second after Parmalee, uh, Parmalee, man, has a ton of attempts at 414, um, but he's struggling a little bit this year with only 13 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and a 76.5 quarterback rating, but 414 attempts, 2,539 yards, stands his back right second, uh, second behind him with 341 attempts, 2,900 yards, so, um, that will be a good – I think Stanzi has a really good shot to take some hardware too. And then if we look at receiving, man, I, I mean, right now, Mason Malone – I'm sorry, uh, Squidward Tentacles more than likely is, is, is considered probably the, the, the lead um, right now due to his – you know, leading – or second in the league with 1,010 receiving yards currently uh, just behind Mason Malone with 1,031. So – only a 20-yard difference in uh, overall yardage, but Squidward has 10 touchdowns to Mason Malone's four, so almost you know more than doubled uh, touchdown production. So I think Tentacles probably get the lead on that. And then if we look at Ivan Tostovich, third in that, he's third with 999, so not too far behind over behind in overall um, yardage, and but he's got the six touchdowns, which is more than Mason. So uh, and he's averaging 17.2 yards a reception. Uh, and so I think um, he might there. I think that'd be a good um, competition. And then you know Cliff Burton too. I think I think we could probably say Tosevich and Cliff Burton are in the running for receiver of the year. Uh, both are closing on a thousand yards. Cliff's got that ten touchdowns, which is matching Squidward's uh, Squidward's, but he's about a hundred yards less currently. So and I think it's, you know that has a lot to do. Squidward's the number one receiver in Bondi. Um, I think their number two is a rookie, Stags. Uh, he has 782. So, yeah, that's the number two um, down uh, in Bondi. And then in Minnesota, uh, they got two good – they got two really good receivers too, both with uh, Mason Malone and Sharpie Jr. Um, but I think you got to look at Tosevich and Burton as being the, the, the number one one-two punch in the league currently so far. And I think a lot of it has to do with Stanzi too, getting them the ball. But um, um, they're probably both not uh, – Cliff might do one more year depending on the receiving because he's a, he's a Austin Copperhead as well, and depending on the receiving situation uh, up there, he might do one more year due to a position 
cloggage, but uh, no, he might, I mean, depending on how he's earning right now, he might be getting called up too. So this might be the last year uh, of this kind of dominant duo of uh, Tosevich and Burton. So uh, a, lot, a lot of stuff going on. It's pretty fun. Um, you know, talking about the Dallas Clubhouse, we're having a ton of fun down there. There's a lot of stuff going on. Everyone's rooting each other on. Um, uh, Dex has been an absolute joy in the clubhouse. Livrium, uh, you know, your, your normal mainstays with Zoot and Ask Madden doing a great job with the uh, uh, Ask Madden stepping up as the new co-GM. Uh, you know, we got Dally. Um, Hex is still hanging around a little bit. Um, <laughs> and popping in and making making <laughs> making some good comments um i did get to join the war room this year uh this season with dallas and so i've been kind of getting to see a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff we are already kind of gearing up for next season with the draft looking at you know some of the recreates coming up with the trade deadline dead trade trade deadline coming up um and that's a lot of fun kind of seeing the behind the scenes but man I, i'm really really enjoying my time in dallas i think dallas is, a, is one of the um upper tier uh, DSFL clubhouses. It's been a lot of fun. Um, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, there's always conversation happening. Um, and, you know, we got Bird God, Zoot, you know, um, aka Zane, Bird Dog, uh, Bird God. Uh, at least, you know, we got Rev in here. Uh, just fantastic. A lot of good people, a lot of good fun. So let's kind of switch gears a little bit and move on over to the ISFL, which most of you might be more interested in um, I don't really know who all who all listens but um, I would assume it's it's mostly uh, some of the ISFL guys so let's kind of get over and do some ISFL um, conversation so looking at the two divisions uh, we got Arizona just running away over there in the ASFFC 10 and one six and0 on the road seven to one conference seven to one division. Uh, one of the premier offenses uh, currently at 393 points on the season so far, which is good for number one, and a really good defense with only allowing 215, which is good for first in the division um, and actually first in the league. So the number one offense and the number one defense, Arizona, fantastic team. I ha- I wish I could go back and look that I picked them to win. I don't know, but um, Arizona is is running away with it. Austin. Uh, my Austin Copperheads, eight and three, currently sitting at number two, having a really, really good season. Offense is producing, defense is uh, looking really good. It's the uh, number two defense currently, statistically in the in the division, um, having a really good season. Silverbacks, the returning champs, are six and five, struggling a little bit, but still in that contention for playoffs. Um, Orange County Otters, five and six. Uh, the surprise, my surprise, and the, the team that just keeps screwing up my predictions. I need to stop. Not picking them, but Honolulu, five and six. Uh, you know, it's still tech. They're one game off of five hundred. They're sitting at a four fifty, four hundred fifty-five average percentage uh, win percentage. But you know, I, I got to be honest. I, I, I think I picked them to be last in the division, and they're they're uh, at least halfway through the through the season are really kind of screwing up my predictions, my weekly predictions, and uh, my season predictions as I have picked them to be last. And they're currently um, having, a, uh, I think, a good season. I think they're 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 pretty happy with what they're doing. Um, their their defense is struggling a little bit, which was to be um, expected. Uh, they have a pretty young defense. Um, their offense is actually doing pretty darn good, uh, with two, sitting at 283, which is uh, 
good for fourth in the oh, I'm sorry, fifth in the division. Um, New Orleans second line follows them at four and seven, and then San Jose. So I think I had Honolulu definitely last. I think I had the one, two, three, and four pretty much the same. Um, I think I had Arizona one, Copper Copperheads two, New York three. I think pretty sure I had Orange County five or four. I'm sorry. And then I went. I think I went Sabercats five, New, or- uh, New Orleans six, Honolulu seven. So right now, uh, you know, Honolulu going to probably be messing up a lot of people's predictions for this season if they continue on this path. There's still, like I said, there's still a lot to play. Uh, and the season's about the halfway mark. Who knows how the second half could go? But in the first half, Honolulu, I think, out kicking their their uh, where most people had put them. Over on the other side, at the end at the NSFC, we got Berlin. Eight and three, Sarasota uh, seven and five, Yellowknife six and five, Colorado six and five, Baltimore again uh, busting some some stuff, winning more games than I you know would have thought. I had them pegged for last. Chicago sixth, Philadelphia fifth, and right now Philadelphia is sitting at seventh at two and nine, last place. And I think it has a lot to do with just they're, they're just they can't really their defense is just kind of struggling. They got uh, the second. Uh, most uh, points against against their defense, and I, you know, I think def- I I thought their defense was going to be a lot better this season. They have a lot of good players, young players coming up. Um, I think this probably has to do with having to play some of the best offenses in the entire league with Sal- uh, the Fire Salamander, Sailfish, Race, Yeti, all being teams that have really really good offenses. Baltimore um, is the, the the biggest team that's struggling. Offensively, but if you look at Berlin, Sarasota, Yellowknife, they're all having over 300 points for, um, and Colorado's at 285, so they're pretty darn close. And so I think that might be uh, the biggest reason why Philadelphia is kind of looking at it. Uh, we kind of look at their schedule. Let's see here. So yeah, they uh, they've had a pretty tough go. They had the you know, uh, Salamanders, um, Yeti, Copperhead, Sailfish, Race, Silver. Uh, oh, Silverbacks is the next matchup. So they got. Uh, game against New York, the Chicago Hawks. So those should be a hope, you know, depending on if they can get this kind of turned around, a couple of wins. But then they got to finish up the season against Berlin and Colorado, which is going to be pretty tough for them. Um, so somewhat of a disappointing season. Baltimore, uh, let's kind of look at them over there. They have a win against Honolulu in week one, and then they beat Chicago, Philly, and New Orleans. So they're beating teams that they were probably the closest to, and they're getting those wins. I mean, this those probably could have gone the other way, and they'd be maybe sitting at a one- or two-win team, but they are, uh, you know, doing pretty good with four wins so far, and they're beating the teams that they're probably the most competitive with. Um, you know, let's kind of look over at, uh, back over to Austin, my, my team, uh, and kind of look at their kind of schedule and how they're doing. So uh, they lost to Honolulu, which was huge. Um, huge, huge loss for, for, for us, for them. Um, should have been a win there. That that was a tough loss. And then they, uh, they lost to uh, Arizona, which, you know, 20-10, to 10, competitive game. Uh, but Arizona is looking like the, the dominant team in the league so far. And then they, they have a loss, 37-31 to 31 against Orange County in their last game that they just played, which was really, really tough, which was a tough loss. They got San Jose, Colorado, New Orleans, Arizona, and then the New York Silverbacks. So pretty 50-50 on their um, – Strength of schedule moving in, moving into the last uh, few weeks, but I definitely think Arizona has a solid chance and opportunity to make the playoffs this season, which is a good bounce back from last season when they 
struggled. Uh, they had a really good, a really good squad, a lot of TPE, but just kind of couldn't get it going uh, for the most part on their uh, um, for, from last season. They got that stuff kind of turned around. Uh, so let's kind of look over at some stats. Um, Quarterback leader, Yellowknife, uh, Colby Jack, having a really good season. 3,529 yards, 28 touchdowns, which is good for second. Um, Cortez, Arizona, is leading the league with 30 touchdowns. Um, and Cortez, uh, though, is kind of middle of the pack, uh, top half with 3,356, but not far from something like Caliban, Colorado. So that'll be a good, interesting race. Uh, for top quarterback. Over on the rushing end, uh, I called this one um, at, the beginning of the, at the beginning of the year. Austin, Zoe Watts is just having a phenomenal year, uh, rushing over 1,000 yards already, leading the league in, in that, has averaging a 4.8 average per carry, has nine touchdowns uh, on the ground, which is good for tied for uh, fourth place. Um, Captain Rogers, running back from New York, is leading that, but he only has 557. So that's sort of the goal line back over there for uh, for them. Um, Nakamura's having another good season with eight, with 10 touchdowns, but uh, seven, 717 yards. And then uh, Danny King Jr. from Berlin uh, is second with 11 touchdowns with 801. So if you kind of look at that, I think Zoe with kind of far and away the leader uh, with those four uh, might be kind of leading with um, uh, with best running back in the year. But Goat Tank with Orange County has 949 yards, nine touchdowns uh, on uh, 224 attempts. So more attempts than Zoe to 218. Those, so, yeah, kind of looking at that, statistically those two are probably the leaders for – uh, top running back in the league with the ed- league with the edge going to Zoe. If we look over onto the receiving side, so this is fun. Um, Sakura uh, over at Yellowknife has 1,253 with seven touchdowns. Um, Lim William Lim with uh, Colorado has 1,150 nine touchdowns. Vidal Sands Austin uh, third in the league with 1,112 receptions eight touchdowns. Um, so there's a lot of throwing going around, uh, really a lot of good, uh, receiving. If you look at t- overall touchdowns, uh, Arizona has the top two receivers and touchdowns, both with 10 and, and, um, Taro Ramon, uh, he has, uh, 1,014 yards and Pama, uh, Darren Pama from Arizona also with 10 touchdowns and they have 997 yards. So. This is going to be a tight matchup, I think, in terms of um, best receiver. Um, Sakura's definitely got the yardage uh, by about 100, 100 more yards of the number two, William Lynn, but the seven touchdowns, not not kind of getting it done in the red zone. Still a lot of time. They, I think if they get it up at least to double digits, Sakura could probably be, and they keep the, the current pace of yardage, um, will probably be the – the favorite uh, William Lim with the nine two you know nine touchdowns currently two more touchdowns than Sakura and only about but a hundred yards back could be the number two. Um, I'm hoping Vidal San with Austin can kind of get rolling again. They have eight touchdowns, just one behind William, two one above Sakura, um, and also about a hundred yards behind Sakura is probably in that conversation. So I think that'll be interest interesting to see the race for top receiver in the league. 
uh, currently halfway through um, with the remaining uh, season left to go. If we look over on the defensive side, which is I'm very interested about, man, linebacker from Austin, Thomas Latcher with 16 sacks. Branch Thomas Latcher, 16 sacks, 76 tackles, having a phenomenal year uh, for Austin. Uh, just wrecking sacks. Uh, the next closest is White Block from Sarasota with 12. Um, so we're looking at a four-sack swing already uh, far and away. Um, and then even they got, you know, they got 76 tackles. So, uh, you know, top 10 in overall tackles. If you look at overall tackles, linebacker from OCO, uh, Joyster has 93 tackles. Um, so leading the league by about 10, 10 tackles. Number two would be uh, Lawrence Bass from San Jose with 82. Tackles for loss, uh, we got our first defensive end um, to talk about, Brick Van Zanzo from New York with eight tackles for loss, tied for first with uh, linebacker from Honolulu, uh, Guy Fields. Um, so let's kind of dive in a little bit and look at the defensive end leaders and the top defensive end. In regards to sacks, with nine is going to be New York uh, Silverbacks Kayoko Oko Kayoko Okan Maaki. Sorry if I butchered that one, um, but they're having they're leading the uh, the league defensive end wise with nine sacks. Number two behind him uh, or them would be from Yellow Knife uh, defensive end Leonard Taylor um, with eight. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, eight sacks. Nola uh, Tolbaron also with eight, and Sarasota Sun Goku also with eight. Uh, so, if we look at the tackles here, um, Kayoko has thirty. Taylor has forty-five. Sun Goku thirty-four. So, with the forty-five tackles, four tackles for loss, with only one from Kane Mayako. Uh, in the eight sacks, only one sack behind. Probably Taylor from Yellowknife would probably be my current pick halfway through the season as top defensive end just because of the, the tackle dif differential, um, having 15 more tackles and only one less sack. Four tackles for loss, so three more tackles for loss. So, yeah, Leonard Taylor, defensive end from Yellowknife, will probably be my pick for that. And then, you know, for fun and shits and giggles, let's kind of take a quick look at interceptions at uh, cornerback and Nola we have two or oh, four one two three four deep cornerbacks uh, or three cornerbacks and a full safety tied with five interceptions which is the league lead um, with number with let's see 80 tackles going to Nola's Dorothy Zambranak um, so probably looking like the defensive uh, I'm sorry cornerback, secondary, cornerback of the year just because of that tackle differential. Even though um, Austin's Maverick Bowie uh, has 79, 79 tackles and same amount. So, yeah, pretty close matchup. Um, those are the two uh, kind of right now separating themselves between tackles, interceptions. We look at pass deflections. Um, Bowie has 26 to 17. So, yeah, I'm probably going to give the homer – pick cornerback of the year to Austin's Bowie. Um, five interceptions, 26 flat pass defections, 79 tackles. Um, oof, but looking really quick with the league 
the league, uh, one of the top 28 pass deflections in Ricky Vaughn from San Jose has three touchdowns. So that might, and that's good for the, the top in the league. So that might be a difference maker there with those points, the point differential there. Um, has 28 pass deflections, but 65 tackles. Oof. Yeah, I might have to kind of renege on that a little bit and go um, Ricky Vons and Bowie, uh, my top two picks, with maybe giving the edge to Vons just because of the touchdown differential. So really interesting to see these kind of uh, these stats kind of piling up with a few games left to go in the ISFL with the end-of-the-year awards, um, some of these individual players, uh, and how they're going to go. So um, I'm really excited <clears throat> to sort of uh, get, you know, join the ISFL ranks. There's a lot always going on up there. Um, that's kind of where all the, you know, the top-end talent is. It's the major leagues. And so um, those last, these first two seasons, my attention, like I said, has been predominantly DSFL um, with the Dallas Bird Dogs. And, uh, you know, so, you know, uh, running, when I ran some tests with Dallas at the beginning of the year, I saw us typically winning the division in the South, um, and so I kind of, you know, I'm in the war room in the DSFL. I've been in a Dallas locker room predominantly the entire time. I've been a Dallas player the entire time. I'm running simulations with the DSFL teams with Dallas. So when I get next season, if I get called up and I start paying attention more to the ISFL, um, I mean, I recognize these names because I do fantasy, fantasy football, and, uh, you know, I still pay attention, but... I'll probably have a more vested interest in what's going on in the in the ISFL, um, and especially with Austin, um, you know, which I'll be joining a really really good squad currently. We've we're kind of you know just kind of watching the general managers in the war room kind of develop their talent. Uh, I think that because I asked this question a lot in my when I was getting scouted, and when every, when all the teams kind of asked if I had any questions, I always ask the question. What's are they currently in their window? Do they foresee their window coming up, or do they is this a rebuild? And uh, Austin kind of gave me the window that or the uh, the answer that they're kind of one of those teams that is always trying to keep the window open. So they're they're planning for the for, for the now and trying to win now, but also always planning for the future, um, which is really really good. So over in the PVE, just kind of give a reference. I'm in the war room with the major league squad at Sarasota. Sarasota Supernova, and last season was our absolute window. We shot for the stars. Um, we brought in tons of talent. Uh, we broke the bank, so to speak, traded away all of our picks to get this talent in to win last season, and we got really far. We had a really, really awesome upset victory against New Orleans um, Rougarous and went on to play in the conference championship. Ended up losing, um, but... It was a ton of fun, ton of fun in the locker room. We were doing voice chat during the, uh, the, the the Twitch streams and, and, you know, rooting each other on, and it was a ton of fun. Uh, but now we are in the midst of the rebuild. We didn't make it. Um, the budget, our cap was in a, it was kind of in a predicament to where we really couldn't shoot for another season um, just because we were so, we were hurting so bad in our cap with all the players. So we've just started trading um all the talent all the top tier team because i think we were number two in tp overall tpe two or three and a lot of really good top end talent and we traded all those uh 
all those players away for draft picks to rebuild to start the rebuild and so I'm kind of going through that now. We kind of went through this, you know, win now and, and do everything we can to win a championship and then rebuild. And it didn't quite pan out, and now we're kind of in this rebuild. And so I've always been kind of fascinated with the, with the uh, with that in, re- in that regard with these ISFL teams, that they're kind of doing the same thing. If they're, um, I don't think trades and stuff is that is as prevalent. I could be 100% wrong. I need to, I'll definitely pay attention more this offseason. But the kind of trades, trading picks for players, um, I know Baltimore and Honolulu had a ton of draft picks this last season, so um, they probably did something similar to that, where they were kind of, you know, kind of trying to build up, and so traded assets for picks. Um, so I'm curious to see how the ISFL is in that regard. It's pretty rampant in the PBE. I mean, there's tons of trades. There's tons of um, uh, tons of trades. Tons of uh, pickups. Tons of Draft day pickups, um, you know, all that good stuff. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting when I start paying attention more to the ISFL if they're going to be kind of similar to that. So um, that'll be something I kind of be paying attention to, to see how Austin does in the offseason, bringing uh, – if I get called up, which, I, I mean, I think I will. Uh, they have uh, – just kind of look at the TPE real quick. Um do, 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 TPE tracker. So, um, where are they at? There. Uh, da, 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 da. There we go. Um, so, I don't think I'm going to change positions. I haven't been asked to. Um, so, I'll probably stay at defensive end. I'll get called up as a defensive end. I think the biggest reason why is uh, uh, defensive end wise, our number one is Trayon Egghands, uh, 1,164 current TPE, season 22. I think they're getting ready to hit regression here pretty soon or already have um so though that that's our number one defensive end currently and then the number two defensive end on the roster currently uh is going to be slinky claxton season 22 power rusher of 478 current tpe and i am currently sitting at 400 with uh the rest of this season and the off season so i i'm shooting to be close to 500 by start of next season or, or around that ballpark um depending on how i do in my in my season predictions with honolulu screwing me up in baltimore um so i think i would probably get called up to be the number two defensive end next to trey on egg hands um moving into next season so uh unless something changes you know we could get a um uh you know trade bring in another uh free agent and you never know that could happen where they just there isn't there just isn't any room um at least on the defensive line because defensive tackle wise i think we're sitting pretty good we got um uh where is he at uh owen isaac 714 nose tackle and then uh candace man sorry if i screw this one up fit in no more fit in the mouth interior rusher defensive tackle at 648 so two good solid defensive tackles um, probably, and so linebacker-wise, we're stacked. Tyler Mountain, Branch, Tom and Losher, uh, season 23, season 24, pretty stacked there. Um, so probably more likely going to stick at defensive end and be that other side unless something something happens. So I'm excited for that. I am I am really excited um, for the end of this season. I'd, I'd like to leave with a DSFL cha- championship, uh, Ultimini. 
a defensive end of the year award as my uh, going away present. Um, I'm definitely going to probably stick around in Dallas quite a bit still, um, especially as War Remember to help that organization continue to be as good as they are um, and contribute in that way. But I am still I am I am excited uh, to see how Io Torrent does at the big league level moving on to uh, moving in his career. So I do want him to succeed. I want him to play well. Sorry, um, kids. Um, and my cat's freaking out too. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Um, and so on and so forth. So. Uh, some final thoughts on the season so far is, uh, you know, Dallas started off slow and we're working our way back up to top of the division. I think they're going to, they're finished strong. The team is updating really, really well. All the young players are buying into this, buying in. I think we had probably the best draft. I mean, all the players that we drafted are main contributors right now. Um, obviously it's Homer talk, but sue me. Uh, I think Dallas did great. Austin. Um, it's having a really good season. I think they, their offense is going to carry them into the um, uh, into the playoffs. And much like Dallas, when it comes to Minnesota, I think Minnesota is the t- is going to be a tough team to to, to conquer. Um, Arizona looks pretty beastly, and I think that it will definitely give Austin a uh, uh, a tough go in the in the playoffs if they face them in either the uh, semis of quarters or the conference championship to go. To the ultimates, but and then that other division um, is pretty pretty stacked uh, with Berlin, Sarasota, Colorado. But I think Austin can compete with a lot of those teams. I think they're pretty pretty evenly matched in uh, in that regard. Just kind of doing a quick team. So yeah, uh, with total TPE, Arizona, Austin's number two. So oh, that's not correct. Uh, something's going on here. It's not. There we go. Uh, Sarasota's number one. Austin two. Silverbacks three. Austin four. Arizona two. Austin four. So uh, actually, yeah, the uh, between Arizona, Silverbacks, and Austin's was probably three of the top four teams in terms of overall TPE. Take a look at averages here. Um, Sarasota top again. Yellowknife eight hundred ninety-five. Arizona eight ninety. Silverbacks eight seven. Austin eight four seven. So the on the average end. Um, Total effective TPE. That's interesting. Um, that moves Austin to four. So that's the same as the total TPE. I mean, at least ranking. Yeah, nope, same numbers. So um, that'll be really fun to kind of see how the season wraps up. I will probably be back next week, podcast. I'm going to probably put some more questions out there. This has kind of been more of a recap, seasonal, uh, season, mid-season recap, or awards kind of recap. Uh, just talking about, uh, it's been, you know, last podcast with Halo, it was just kind of more uh, banter. This one's kind of more analytical, just kind of looking at how the two leagues are kind of shaping up, moving on to the end of the season. Um, next podcast, probably be more asking questions. Um, I might throw out another thread. I might try to get another guest on, uh, maybe somebody from Dallas or Sarah, uh, Austin to... Um, to kind of you know get a little banter going on with an inner with the, somebody that's actually in the league, so we can you know not, I don't have to explain the league, which was fun. I did enjoy you know that aspect of it with with that Haloic who's never who's not in any simulations, but I, I think uh, it would be also fun to kind of get in here with somebody that is 
um, in the league that we can kind of discuss how the league's kind of shaping up, their experiences uh, and their perspective when coming in. So maybe somebody that's, um, you know, a rookie or maybe a one or two seasons in to kind of get their perspective of how they kind of saw at the same time I was, maybe somebody from my class. We'll see. Uh, always open to, uh, you know, if anybody is listening, is interested in coming on, please feel free to reach out. IO is my Discord handle. Um, and, you know, I'm always around. Please check out the Dallas Bird, Call, Dallas Bird Dog Recap Show. That's all. I put a lot of work into that. Um, and, yeah, and I understand there's not a lot of vested dressers unless you're in Dallas. Uh, but the teams that we play, you know, I talk about them. I show their highlights, too, you know. So, hint, hint, uh, London. Bondi, Tijuana, you, you know, you want you guys to come in and take a look at the old uh, Dallas Bird Dog Recap Show. And you guys are in there. Even I even talk about when we lose. And I try to be pretty, um, not as biased. I'm a little, it's a little biased because it is, it's, it's focusing on Dallas. But I try to, you know, give credit where credit's due. And other teams have really good games or shut us down or have individual performances. And I show their highlights. And so um, I have had a little bit more of a hard time this season watching every stream. So doing those Dallas Bird Dogs. Uh, recap shows are good for me because I get to go back and watch the streams and then cut out highlights from each game, um, some of the big plays that I missed. Um, and so I, I think that that's, that's kind of the fun aspect of it is that, at least for Dallas, you don't have to watch the streams. You can kind of watch these and kind of see how we did, watch your player, uh, watch their players do well. But, yeah, next time, definitely got some questions coming up. want you guys to uh, hop on the thread, throw me some questions. Uh, this will do it pretty much for this episode of the da- IO Torrent Podcast. IO Knows Podcast. Maybe that's be a new name. Um, so good luck to all the teams still left to go. Uh, go Bird Dogs. Go Austin. Um, hopefully the end of the year uh, heart, team hardware and positional and individual hardwares will be kind to us as we uh, finish up season so yep this will be it for io torrent thanks for joining thanks for listening hope you had a good time hope it was informative i know it wasn't as entertaining as the last one i'll try to get some more entertainment content going on moving forward the kids are still up there playing uh this is a little bit of a midday broadcast so they're uh, upstairs uh into their game so uh, as always out torrent io's kids in the backs and thanks for joining me have a good time and good luck to all the team see you next time